0: Hi, this is Joey McGarry, and uh, this is How to Be Unpopular podcast number... 170! 170. 170 live from Cam... well, not live particularly, because this is recorded and it's going to be played later, but live from Campbell's British Columbia,
1: Canada. Yes, and I'm Todd McNerney, also here from Campbell's British Columbia, Canada. Joey and I are talking on Skype about inline skating, rollerblading
0: aggressive inline yeah as practitioners of inline skating for gosh 20 years now um, we have years experience in aggressive rollerblading yes uh, uh, practicing it watching it talking about it and that's why we do this podcast Um, you know we just like to talk about inline skating
1: yeah I mean it's a fun activity
0: it can be done in groups. Um, it, tone... it can be done in
1: groups. You can go out with your friends. Yeah. It can really be done anywhere you have a cement surface.
0: Yeah, and uh, there's no limits to it.
1: No. Um, you there's... can go as fast as you want, as slow as you want. You can play hockey. You can slide down a rail.
0: <laughs> oh, really? You can go backwards. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, it, it's great for toning the hips and thighs. Um, oh, yeah you know you can you can get exercise while having fun and i mean it doesn't get any better than that i mean no it doesn't that's why i've been hooked on it for so long i mean fun and exercise and <laughs> uh, i got to admit it's a little challenging sometimes too it is yeah um
1: some people at home might be thinking this just sounds too good to be true how could something be fun and and good exercise <laughs>
0: Sorry, I broke character. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to keep going with that. But now we can't. I was saying... I don't understand. <laughs> what do you mean?
1: Um, I was just talking about rollerblading.
0: Uh. Wh-
1: Is there a problem? Things got a little awkward there
0: for a second. Uh, yeah. I just I I wanna yeah. Let's, let's do this let's, later or something. No, let's. Uh, well, I I don't. No, I'm. I can do it now. If you want, we we can do this. Can talk okay. about skating still. Do you want? Uh, yeah. Do we, do we that's need what to? I thought. I thought uh, should I? Uh, should we restart? Like re-record the intro? Because I. I, like was it okay? Did did uh did that sound okay? Or yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. Um, but it sounds like there's
1: a there was a problem.
0: It sounds like you didn't really like what we were talking about. Or
1: I mean, no, we can start I,
0: over no, keep... I I like skating and I like talking about skating. I okay, cool. So let's let's keep going. Looks sweet. Um. um uh.
1: Uh what, what was the what was the the very first time that people inline skated and and filmed it and made
0: videos um the first time I s- oh the first time I saw it or the first really? time just the first time like it was done inline skating that video uh hockey players Using right. it as a cross-training tool, and they were called street skates. There was a video from the 1970s that I found. The 70s? Yeah. The, um, I can't remember. I posted it on the on the Facebooks, and it was from 1970-something. And then that's the, the Olsen brothers who developed the Rollerblade brand inline skate found a pair of those street skates in a in a thrift store or something like that, which is amazing that it was like a consignment. They found like this forgotten piece of technology that people weren't really using a lot and then decided to just, I mean, with some good marketing, some hot videos that play on loop in the sports shop, they made it happen. So that was Rollerblade. Yeah. They were called, and like I said, they were called street skates first street which skates. would have just been so nice okay wait but
1: the olsen brothers saw a pair of inline skates in yeah, if you, store.
0: if you look up the history yeah they found a pair of these street skates used for dry land hockey like off-ice training yeah and thought that it, it was a really good idea and so were these skates produced by like a hockey skate Manufacturer? That's a really good question that I haven't actually looked into. Um, Where did these come from? These skates? It's a great question. And I don't think, did they cover that in Barely Dead? I don't think so. I can't remember if they did. But did you ever see that invention that they tried to make called Sky Bike or something? like they've tried stuck. they've tried to do something stupid like that. They've tried to do other inventions since rollerblade and and rollerblades were just just something special. That stuck. Is it in that psychotic rant where Arlo talks about like the idea was too good and that he was surprised that nobody had thought of it before? Is that in that article?
1: Um again I'm I'm not sure.
0: Okay. Um but the yeah the first there would have been h- hockey players but then it, it was a full on revolution slash fad cuz every sports star would have been playing that Greg Stump produced video which is fucking crazy. Did did I tell you like all of the connections to Greg Stump? <laughs> so He's the guy who produced the rollerblade video, right? Like that original with AJ Jackson and all the dancing, and it's wild and crazy. You know, yeah. That like original '90s rollerblade stuff that everybody remembers to this day, and that still gets shared online. He he made you know the most famous ski film of all time, like the hoax two of ski movies called uh, Blizzard of Oz, and yeah. it, it that was like the movie where where people would see that in a shitty town and and go, I'm moving to a ski resort and I'm going to be a ski bum. That's going to be my life, just based off of that one video. Um, and then Greg Stump did all the marketing stuff for Rollerblade. Greg Stump also taught Adam McKay Smith how to edit, who edited Euphoria Emporium. Um, and then uh, Evan Stone. Who made hoax two was heavily influenced by Greg Stump. Specifically, he said a film called p Lies and Duct tape, in terms of like how he shot a lot of um slow like you know, slow motion film, like in the in hoax two yeah. and hoax three, that's like yeah. they would shoot uh b-roll slow motion film, and it was like a very effective way Greg Stump would do that too. So uh In three really bizarre ways, like all of my editing influences go back to that one dude, pretty much. Because I was really influenced by Hoax 2 um, and Euphoria Emporium. And then those Rollerblade videos, obviously, I would have seen those too. But I wouldn't have known. I didn't find out that he made those. Because he was such a fucking talented... Uh, filmmaker, and I don't, I don't like to use that word very often, because it sounds stupid, especially when people call themselves a filmmaker. But he was actually really good at filming and editing, so that was like part of the reason. It it helped the explosion. Like whatever marketing dollars they paid to get like one of the greatest uh, ski filmmakers ever who ended up influencing so many other sport videos, he was the guy who like had the vision to market rollerblades, right? Obviously, it would have been the company as well. But I think that's something that's not discussed as much. That's It was really big for skating. And I don't think it's cheesy at all.
1: The You're talking about the original rollerblading yeah. promo videos.
0: I think there's a lot there that's sincerely <laughs> awesome. Well, here's the thing is that
1: you're right in like the sincerity, the lack of of insecurity and self-consciousness. The way they were like just jamming on their skates, it was like skate dancing. There was at that time there was no There was no stereotype or there was no ill feelings towards this sport. It was, like, fresh. They were putting these skates on, and they were just like, holy shit. These things are awesome. There's wheels on my feet, and I can just jam down the street. And they were, like, genuinely expressing their excitement on the skates. Yeah. Without any any kind of posiness or, like, mockery or... Or, like any feelings of being lame, they were just purely pure joy and pure excitement about the skates,
0: which people get threatened by intensely these days. Yeah, it's getting a Isn't little that bit funny people, when people are that free,
1: and, and this theme was explored in, um, in Easy Rider. You know, when people are really free it really pisses off certain people. Oh, yeah. Really triggers anger.
0: Go go to like a outdoor concert in Kamloops and there's, you know, those like five to ten people who are dancing freely um, in the front and then there's just a shitload of people in lawn chairs and you know for sure that they're judging the people dancing thinking that they're drunk or on drugs or whatever when secretly they just not everybody but peop, some people do wish that they could just not care and do it and a lot of interesting I people I think everyone
1: does wish that not everyone would admit it or not everyone would even realize it but I think deep down inside everyone wants to have that kind of freedom
0: and that's why we love alcohol too
1: yeah alcohol is alcohol is really hot because right?
0: <laughs> it it makes you believe that you're, that you're free. Like you can do dumber shit and not think about it. You know, the lack of inhibitions, but if yeah. you can tap into that when you're not drunk, it's so much more powerful, you get a good charge out of it too. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that are really good. Cause you know, you, you always hear that like, uh, the not caring what people think, blah, blah, blah. You know, er, I think yeah. everybody cares. A lot of, a large percentage of people care what other people think. But of, course. Then, of course. And then. Because people, it's tied to our survival. People care about survival. So they care about,
1: you have to care about what people think because we depend on people to survive.
0: But, uh, AJ, was it AJ Jackson in that? when he's talking about like pow, just invert it, you know, just have a blast. He was genuinely that person and all the best people. That guy definitely did not care what anyone thought. And uh, there's a lot of awesome people. And, and, you know, well,
1: maybe he, maybe he did care what people thought, but I I just think, he 100% believed that there was nothing wrong with what he was doing that he believed that what he was
0: doing was incredible yeah and what do you think that there's what went wrong you know um just i guess it made a lot of money really I don't, quickly A lot of different things happened.
1: Yeah, and skating progressed in a lot of positive ways. Obviously, people are, I think, way more talented in in an athletic sense on skates than they've ever been before. Um, Well, I don't know. Well, more talented than they were then, but also all these layers of of ideas from the outside, ideas from within about what is, what is good style, what is bad style, what is cool, what is dorky. Um, skateboarding had a heyday with rollerblading, hating on it, it. People, you know, so many different things happened. We're not innocent anymore. We're not, we're not that free child that we, that we were. And and the funny thing is when we look back at that free child, when we when we look back at those role biting promos, a lot of us would be uncomfortable with it and would be like ashamed of our history. You know, we're in the stage of the teenager right now. We're in the stage of the 16-year-old that like the the home video footage comes up of you when you were a child and you get really embarrassed and you're like, no, turn it off, turn it off. And you get angry and you don't want people to see it. That's where we are right now.
0: Yeah, I've always thought that there should be like a, like not pushing that stuff aside, but wearing that shit as like a badge of honor.
1: Fuck Yeah. That's rollerblading. That's rollerblading in the purest sense without any of the bullshit. And that's what it is.
0: People didn't know what they were doing. They just knew that they were having so much fucking fun doing yeah. it. And Yeah, and it felt so good and they were just just it was just like pure dancing. Like I I want to see a guy playing guitar with rollerblades on in the desert. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) But no, no, you got to take your skates off when you play the guitar. But really at its core,
1: at its core, that's what it is, is, is what is in those videos. If you can like let go, or if, if we could take a pill that could just make you forget all of the bullshit, that's what you'd be left with.
0: I've tried to say it before, but I, do feel there's been many good points made about there is like, well, like a standard of style that is just gonna be the way. Like you know the basic tricks of like, soul grind, royale backside, nice 540s, um, you know all the grabs. It seems like there there is a tradition for skating that unfortunately for it to mold together with that 80s, 90s, free doing whatever you want on rollerblades, uh, it would take a long time for those two to merge together. Because I feel like the standard just happened through skate videos and ASA and all that. And it still can be argued whether it was Senate and and, and Arlo having as much power as he did. Uh, like you know, that's Jacob's main theory that I still think holds some weight in my opinion. Because Senate, there was no roller hockey, there was no speed skating, there was no daily bread too. It was daily bread and Senate.
1: There yeah, there was a
0: lot of anti-rollerblading. But I
1: think, but I think it was des like regardless of Senate, regardless of Arlo, there was a there was a pull with people and with role players in general to like get tough, to be tough. Like I think that was inevitable. Whether those entities had come along or not, like that's just where we were going to head, you know? Like we are just like, you look at the hoax two era and it's just all about being tough, about being manly and like, so we were rejecting those or- origins of spandex and neon colors and like flamboyant movements, and it was like a pull in the opposite direction.
0: Yeah. Um, and is there anything that you see today that resembles that—the the neon flash of light? Um. uh n- no i don't
1: some think the,
0: so some of the roller skating stuff that nema sends me is pretty awesome like the roller skating culture
1: yeah they're pretty, pretty goddamn fun. free yeah 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 but even like i've been to some like roller roller derby matches and stuff and it's really like um tough gothic kind of makeup and like tough girls like the whole thing with roller derby is it's like we're girls but we're tough and we're strong and it's all about being like a strong chick and they body check each other and it's really not like about being graceful and feminine and like and their outfits are like they'll paint skulls on their faces and stuff
0: like it's really
1: it's really tough
0: like, the but the have you seen any of, like, the roller rink culture? Like, not roller derby, but roller rink. Like, where there's, there's a DJ playing really good music. Yeah. And people doing, like, jam skating. That's what it's called, jam skating. Have you seen any of that? Okay, yeah, a little bit. Where it's, like, it's kind of like cone skating in the movements that they do. That there's a lot of subtle, it's not necessarily tricks as much as it is movements. Yeah. And it's huge. And they're it definitely seems like there's a base of movements that they do and learn and everything, but it it's the closest thing I've seen to that original energy of those rollerblading right. videos that people are really embarrassed by.
1: And there's a lot of like dance type movements, right?
0: Yeah. There's even like crazy shit where it'd be like two dudes who are for sure not gay, doing like pairs runs where they like slingshot each other and stuff like sweet, uh, which would never happen. And if it did, it would be in a joking way, you know? So that's weird. It's funny. Like aggressive skating loves, enjoys structure and cone skating seems to have that. And speed skating seems to have that you know, clear objectives and things to achieve as it were. Well, I whereas... think any,
1: any activity has those things. Just because, like, people, at least when they're starting out, kind of need, like, a framework of how to approach the activity. Like a basis of of moves or a basis of, like, these are the things that you should get good at. You know, every activity has that and kind of needs that.
0: There wasn't any though in those in that in those old rollerblade videos,
1: right? Because it was it was absolutely new. Yeah, there was no there was no previous generation to pull from. Uh, roller and, skating and a, it, a little bit. Yeah, there was like roller skating, there was figure skating, there was hockey, there was skating. So I guess there was a lot to pull from in that respect, but it. But no, like, no rollerblading to pull from.
0: No. Not at all. I, <laughs> I wish I could... I have that tape somewhere, and I haven't found it yet. There's a couple tapes that I still haven't found. But the original marketing video for Rollerblade. Um, sure. Monica or Jenna found it at Value Village in Kamloops. Oh, wow. And uh, have you seen it? I... No, definitely not for a long time, if I have. It's an amazing document. I
1: bet. (laughs) That should be on the internet.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that I can find it and put it up. I have the case. But it's cool to know that, uh, you know, wherever that came from in Kamloops, it could have been, like, a a copy of a Sports Shops, you know? And then I ended up getting it. I love that. I hope I can put it up cuz I think it's a valuable document for people to discuss and see. And I think it Ooh. should be shared a lot. Yeah. Cuz you can find little bits and pieces of it online, but I haven't found the whole thing. Um and it loops too cuz you know it's supposed to be just in the shop playing all the time. And, you know, VHS tape. Yeah. You wouldn't rewind the tape, so it just plays over and over and over again. Yeah. There was a review of one of them uh, by Drew Backrack in that new digital issue of One. And he said, uh, people always remember the cheesiest parts of skate videos. That's um true. And it was a really, it was a fairly negative review of, I think it was negative. I don't know. You'll have to read it. But it was interesting that, that the review was on that video. I thought that was cool. Um, and I thought that was a really good point. Like, people remember the cheesiest parts. Yeah. And cheesy parts are good for me.
1: What is yeah,
0: cheesy. What is cheesy? Like? Uh cheesy would be like yeah, like the guy playing a guitar with a mullet with a cut-off sleeve shirt tucked into like those like dad jeans and he's got rollerblades on and he's like playing a guitar in the desert. It's just guess, such a memorable image, but it's so cheesy by today's standards. But I don't yeah. think... I the think definition... It, like, if you think about the
1: definition of cheesy... Yeah, here, be, let me look it like, up. Would it be, like, a dork having a lot of fun? Or something that's no
0: really dorky? Because uh, I use that word quite a bit. Uh, cheap, unpleasant... Cheesy. Or blatantly inauthentic. Which I could see that. For sure. Because it does have that marketing vibe to it sometimes. But it's still the energy that people were putting into their performances. Was incredible. Um, corny. Cornball. Cornball. I say corny too. But I think there's shit that's done in skating corny. today. That is cornier. Than some of the stuff that they were doing in that. I think it's
1: it's pretty corny to try really hard not to be corny, yeah, that's hard though that's like the lamest thing that you can do is to try really hard not to be corny or cheesy
0: i yeah, and I really appreciate people who uh wouldn't even know if they were being. Uh, Yeah, that whole fucking, and I hate using the word hipster, but, like, that the cynical, uh, not even having excited emotions thing. Yeah. That wrecked so much. That idea of cool, you know? Oh. Quote, unquote. Horrible. Like, just fucking... It ruins uh, lives. uh, Wearing your sunglasses and smoking a cigarette and just fucking not being into anything really and just making just like making little comments about everything not even being open to just simple things um like think about Nardwar. Yeah, okay, he's a perfect example where I know so many people who will go like, "Oh, I hate that guy." And then they haven't actually listen to him talk in an interview like they just think that he's an annoying character but then they don't realize that the depth of his knowledge for music and the research that he puts into his interviews uh yeah that's a really good example of someone who could be called cheesy or corny but he just he's he is that same energy that's in like a 90s rollerblading video and he he doesn't care He's it's like not a lot of those out there. He's the antithesis of 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 like the hipster like a like compare someone for some hip magazine doing an interview to Nardwar. It's completely <laughs> opposite. I, I asked him once to be on the podcast, but shit it was a long that would show. be incredible. yeah he it would just end up he would just end up talking, I think, quite a bit. That would be great. <laughs> but yeah, he's a good example. Of I I remember Vancouver bothered me so much about that like uh, so many young people that uh, are just draining.
1: Well, it almost like becomes a, a, a like a, a cyclical thing where like people are. Looking at the other people that are like acting like that, and then they're feeling like that, and then they're they feel pressured to act like that, and then they end up influencing other people to act like that. So it's like this back and forth, like more and more just like, like uh, trying not to be corny
0: deal yeah what and then bob dylan does a chevrolet commercial did you see that shit no he's like the original hipster and then he did a like a two minute long chevy commercial that was so bad (laughs) we needs the cash i know you gotta get that cash Gotta get that cash. It was, uh, yeah. I just thought that that was interesting that he. He seemed like the type of person that a lot of. Wouldn't a lot of his songs when he was younger be against that? Strongly against that? Yeah, no shit. I guess we all become old and mediocre. Yeah. Or just old and we just want
1: to, like, cash in once more so we can just like relax for the rest of our life and we re- they realized that like it's really not that important
0: they must have paid him Shit. so much for that oh yeah he got paid it was like at at the end of the commercial it was like uh germany can brew your beer switzerland can make your watches china can assemble your phones but Something about, yeah, America and can make your cars or something like that. It was <laughs> so, like they went all in on it big time. Yeah. And do you think that the weirdest thing is that, that what's what? What? Do you think that things have the ability to like make an impact like they used to? Uh, I think that there's a lot of people pretending that they still do. Um, but there's a lot of media literate people that, uh, on the topic of calling things cheesy and corny, there's a lot of people that thought that that ad was probably super cheesy and corny. Yeah. And they there's can't, also, it doesn't matter it's how nicely what that's so corny. What's that? It could also
1: be beneficial for it to be so corny. and.
0: I, I think that's, yeah, there's so many dumb people though uh that watch T V that believe like that are they don't know you know if you film something really well I and mean, you put a voice over to it and the cuts are in the right places. It's you know, you play God, you can be super manipulative yeah. and they totally believe it and then they want to buy a Chevrolet so bad because the commercial was so awesome. But I think but...
1: people, are, people are definitely more media literate.
0: Absolutely. And
1: that's why I think
0: um, at work, we got to choose our 10 favorite uh, YouTube videos the other day. And I went like back through, you know, everything that I've watched and everything that I've posted online. I took like a really long time drinking coffee and eight out of the 10 videos that I, that I chose were, uh, Less than a minute, some kind of, like, older guy talking with no music and no editing. And it was just, like, pieces of wisdom. And eight out of the ten, two were music videos. Um, but, like, uncut footage of dudes with a lot of experience talking about things. Like, really good powerful, quotes. Yeah. Um, you can't fuck with that. And it's, and it's like, you know, for me, the maybe the Bob Dylan commercial... If they would have talked to him for three hours, and if he actually really likes Chevrolets, and he talked about why he likes Chevrolets, I'd be more willing to really like a commercial where there's no editing. And it's just just a human being talking about why they like Chevrolets. I don't need to see a movie that is like forcing it was like it was super raw raw american original you know you know how marketing just they love doing that right now they're like there's be an original or uh i don't even know how to explain it you just see you well, don't have bet, to watch the commercial. i bet
1: that's been pitched so many times like like we should just have bob dylan just we should sit down with them and talk about Chevy's for a really long time and then take the best parts and just like really minimal editing. And then the guys around the boardroom
0: would just be like, oh, that's not going to work. Look at, listen, listen to Ed. Well, and they already fucking wonder because, I, because I'm talking about it to you. So it worked. God damn it. Whether it's a good commercial yeah. or a bad commercial, I'm talking about it to you. Uh, I brought it up, though, for that point of cheesy and corny. What was I going to say, though, about that? Yeah, yeah. Old guys giving wisdom on YouTube. Love that. Like, interview, raw interview excerpts. Love it. So awesome. Oh, shit. What was that? It's so direct. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um. So we started talking about the first footage of inline skates. That's where we that's how we got to this point? Yes. Um and then you know that the hoax was called the hoax because they weren't even planning to make a movie. Like the hoax is one of the first or shit, I should know this a little bit better. Because there's Dare to Air. Which was had a little bit more straight skating, and the hoax was kind of the first document of like the full on skateboard style in rollerblades,
2: yeah,
0: um where there was very specific boot grabbing and stuff, whereas i'm pretty sure dare to air had like there were still lots of stair rides and people skate, skating from point a to point b yeah have you seen it have you seen dare to air dare to air i'm sure i have not for a very long time cuz that's that's one of those videos that got a lot of people into skating and it was it was i think it was closer to rollerblading as like an inclusive lots of different styles and people just skating around it was like it was still an evolution of it didn't have Rollerblade dancing in it, obviously, because I think there's, that's where that famous scene came, you know, where Chris Edwards has his ghetto blaster. Yeah. He's at the door. Love that shit. But, that you know, because he was mocking... He was mocking the brand that he skated for, which was really funny, but he did it in a way that was likable, which was... It's hard to pull that off now. I would love to see more of that. Like, more humor stuff.
1: Oh, totally. Could you imagine if Brosco, like, in the middle of a line, just did anything? Like, pulled out a comb and combed his hair?
0: Or, oh. like, anything? Yeah, did you watch that Shane McConkie documentary
1: yet? No, I still haven't seen it.
0: Because his, like, that that sled boy character that he created that just mocked the entire ski industry. It was, like, so smart for him to do that. Rollerblading needs one of those so bad. But I think people, I don't know, I posted it. I don't think rollerblading has a very good sense of humor. At least aggressive skating doesn't. No, it doesn't. And attempts at humor don't go over very well because of that, uh, that, I don't know that thing, I don't, what is that thing where it's like people aren't giving it their all and letting go?
1: <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an arrogance.
0: It's a like, it's too strong
1: of a vision. It's too strong of an identity that people aren't willing to let go of it and just fuck around. Like people are so like, they know the answer. Everyone in, we know what the best tricks are and we know what we are and blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't know what we are, and we don't know what the hell we're doing. We have to, like, forget it all and just fuck around. Experiment that- freely. But that's easier said than done, because as soon as people start trying to do that, they ha- they haven't shed the the layers of of perception that they already have about what they're doing, because that's really difficult to do. So they start... Trying to be funny or mocking, but it it
0: just doesn't work because they're still they're still caught up in the cult. That's where I think there just is standards though, and they'll always be that way. In that uh, the experimental side or the humor side or whatever will always be just such a minuscule thing. But it's so funny because you look at that uh, the Gumiagi section. Yep. That became, you know, it was posted on the Thrasher account and that became one of their most viewed things ever for like people outside of skateboarding sharing skateboarding because it was someone being very creative and unique and it was something that people hadn't seen before. But a lot of skateboarders said like, you know, that's not skateboarding, <laughs> you know, he didn't even do a kickflip he didn't even ollie and then i imagine yeah. I, I imagine like, a future but that's that's rollerblading too there's well, there are standards are in the
1: first position to judge rollerblading i just think that cuz our brains are so they're so fucked up they're not
0: fresh i i feel like we are moving into a time where something like that section or that style of, of skating. Because you see it in the other sports right now. Uh, you see, like, skiing versions of it or that snowboarding one that I posted. You know, people crave seeing, like, a really weird vision or someone being a little bit more free, but the standards are just so ingrained, is you know, in all those things that I can't see... Yeah. I can't see... You know, something like KC Moe, I think that's just how it's going to be. And obviously, the tricks are going to change a little bit. You know, like maybe how I joked about Soyels. Nobody really did Soyels, but there were Soyels in that video. You know, like there'll be a rotation of tricks that get highlighted year after year. (laughs) But I just, I can't see like Volo 10 being incredibly different from Volo 5. I just feel like the standards are just so... Uh, there and specific like I you know I think that yeah I just think that uh, aggressive skating or whatever you want to call it is very defined whether we like it or not right right? and uh, yeah my my point is that at this
1: point it pretty much is it is what it is always going to be.
0: Yeah, and I can't see that changing. I can't see that evolving into, like, all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, every major skater that we know releases a Dustin Latimer in words style section. Like, it would never fucking happen. That uh, that video that someone posted on Vine of him doing the double peyote 900. Yeah. And then Rob G was like, Holy shit, I never realized that was a 900. And I made that joke. Uh, I can't even remember what I said, but it was the version of like, nobody realized that rollerblooding was too afraid to be influenced by it. Because has anybody done that trick since then? No, not even how, close. How many people could probably do that trick if they wanted to try, like talent wise? but does it look yeah. but does it look like what's currently accepted in the standards of aggressive skating? No. It's you do a 900 and you're not grabbing your feet and you tap your your boots like your left and your right. It looks like very dancey, right? Um even Dominique Sagona like straight away from his wild style. Like it's there's just this standard yeah. that people just come they come back to and right. I think that that's just there's something there I think Frank is someone who would be able to highlight why like he would have all the words <laughs> about like was, how, where that originates from but I just feel like uh it is here it is what
1: human nature and it is the nature of the of activity and if you if you compare rollerblading to other sports other activities we are we are very free, like if you compare it to figure skating or if you compare it to like the sport of figure skating, there's a very set group of tricks that that people try to do and people will have to perform like in their runs and stuff. And any like hockey, baseball, football, um, there's like a it's – it's a condition of humans to like want to really – quantify what they do and put it in a box so they can like show it to other people and like say like, this is what we do. These are the core movements of our sport, you know, and, and, and you're right. It's there's always going to be that, that core. And, but, um, but there'll always be people on the fringes that kind of take those skills and do unique new novel things with them.
0: Yeah, and that's where I think um, there's just some people who you could consider like an artist type like that. I always, I mean, I can't help but not talk about them, but that, that Go Miyagi, Gumiyagi section, that's just a guy who's an artist who just happens to skateboard. Right, exactly. And that's where there is no standard for that, but there are these people who who pick up these activities and are obsessed with them who could have easily have picked up something else, but it just so happens his instrument that he wants to use to do his shit is a skateboard. And, uh, and then it's weird because he still kind of exists in the standard culture of skateboarding and is embraced by some people and that section would be shared. Um, and that's kind of like what Dustin Latimer's second section was, right? Right. Um, Really on the fringes. Yeah, and they're really- If, we if role was really smart, like if we were in
1: a mature place, it's not like everyone would skate like that. No. But the, pe- the people that did skate like that and did produce things like that would be really celebrated within the culture and really promoted to the, to the outside. You know, like Matt Ledoux didn't get a pro skate.
0: Yeah, he did. Or Matt Ledoux,
1: or yeah, he, did. he got a pro skate from USD. You're right. Yeah. Um, but Matt Ledoux isn't as celebrated in our sport as Alex Brosko. Yeah. Or nothing against Alex Brosko; He's amazing. But he's kind of the, he's the representation of like basic, um, the, the accepted kind of core maneuvers of oh, aggressive yeah. role playing, Yeah. And he people does fringes are like not as loved or not
0: as celebrated. Oh yeah, like uh yeah, Rory Mellahan in my yeah. mind or Matthew Heineman, but also some of these people they're so unique that I I don't even know if they would be comfortable because it would be so awkward on how people would try and promote I guess you're talking about like peop not companies but just rollerblading in general celebrating these people
1: um but yeah i'm not I'm not totally sure what i mean i even companies even anything i mean like like I mean just the idea of companies spending money to like fly certain people out and like film them <clears throat> and and just invest in in their careers um there should why not invest in the people that are like pushing skating in these other directions
0: cuz it's the broken when symptoms. when there's like
1: so why have, my point why have 10 people pushing it in one direction why not have 10 people all pushing it in opposite directions
0: yeah <clears throat> I mean I've thought about that so much well, It just would never work it because it just doesn't
1: fit in with the model of like a sport or an activity it's just too it's like how do you bring ten of those people to a session and skate with kids like how do you get them to agree on a certain spot or like do a demo
0: like no, it's just you easier
1: wouldn't. when everyone kind of is really good at the same thing.
0: I always like it I always imagine it is like a you know, like a record label that I really like. There's kind of like a curator that runs the label and 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 finds shit that he or she really likes and then puts everything under that label. And then there's people who buy records without even knowing uh if it's going to be good or not, but they trust the person that, right. Or, that chose they trust that label. Yeah. They trust the label. They'll buy everything from that label because they're like, kind of like a tastemaker yeah. for music or some for, or for a style of music. And I've always thought about that with, um, there you could see like maybe in the future collectives or something like that. I don't know where, you could go to one place and it would have all of, I don't know. And I can see that's like, I can see that's what Julio does with Follow. Like he's definitely a tastemaker. He has a very specific taste for skating and who he picks to put on the team, right? Yeah. Because that's why, you know, the, uh, other people may have put Matt Ledoux on the team and wanted to highlight his skating, but it just, it doesn't fit with Follow. I don't know. Yeah. And I've said before, like I've named my, like if I got to pick a team, if I was a skate company, um, i trying to think, Roy Melahan and, uh, oh, wait, no, I need to, I need to refer to it. But yeah, you know, like people like Matthew Heineman, there's people who aren't, they're still, they still do tricks on skates, but it seems like they're not limited to what skating can be. Right. And that's why Latimer was so awesome, too.
1: They're more taking skating and personalizing
0: it. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, I think he talked about it on the podcast. I can't remember. But I never really realized how fucking monumental it was until he pointed this out, that Latimer just put a tiny little plank of wood at the bottom of a huge set of stairs and just gapped into it. That trick is so crazy. And then took that same plank and jumped onto a rail like 90 degree off of a roof at that same spot. You don't really see that very much. You know, like there's people who are, it's not that hard to take a board and gap a huge set of stairs and perfectly land in the board. But it's not, it needs, someone else needs to do it in a video, you know. Does that make any sense?
1: It's it's weird that it seems so easy to be original on skates, to do on skates,
0: but it's rare. And it's like more rare than ever. Yeah, it is. That's why I'm saying it feels like it's settling into a standard.
1: Also, a, a,
0: a big part of that is also
1: more park skating.
0: Yeah, that's huge. do street
1: as much, so the 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 odds of there being like interesting opportunities on street are are less.
0: And just um, nobody really. There's all these torches ready to be passed, and um, like there'll there may only ever be one. Pat Lennon or Carlos Pianowski or. Dustin Latimer or Josh Petty, it could just be that there was like a golden age of skating, you know, and now there's definitely still people that that could be highlighted and discussed that are impressive, but there were so many awesome different visions for skating, yeah, uh in the last or in like the first twenty years of skating, and now it just seems like Casey Moe is kind of like uh a very good document about, especially for a lot of us who are older now, that's a really good solid document of kind of like what aggressive skating is to a lot of us, you know, just doing like stylish grinds on things. Um,
1: Where, like, oh man, like what's going to happen? Where is uh, skating going to go? Um, I think there is a big pull or at least like a growing interest in like power blading. Yeah. Um, But like, I think that kind of comes from this. People are slowly starting to just like
0: think about other technologies and other possibilities, which is a good thing. And I think, uh, again, this, I think this was a, I can't remember who made this point. Could have been Frank, or Jason Marshall, I'm not sure. Someone made a really good point where, like, if you only have, like, one chance to go out skating every week or maybe once every two weeks, like, you want shit that feels good. Yeah. And that works good. And I feel like, uh, like, with powerblading, with, with the interest in that, it connects you to that, like, inner child feeling of discovering skating like that you can just put those things on and skate down the street and hop off a little curb or whatever. It's like uh it delivers that good feeling of going skating quicker than maybe like a shitty setup with right. shitty bearings could. So I see I think that's that's why that's getting more popular. In terms of a development of that as a style of skating, I just I still think the pendulums on the aggressive side.
1: But Even aggressive has changed so much. Like, it's like there for so long, it was all about big stunts. Yeah. People like jumping big things and doing big things are getting a lot smaller. The scale. I mean, still, people, people do crazy shit still, but typically.
0: Yeah. It's style based, really style and control, which... And then it's so funny. Uh, That picture that I posted of that skateboarder doing that huge kink rail... Yeah. I love... I love posting that. Because you read those dumb arguments on YouTube and people try and say, oh, you can grind so far in rollerblades and jump the biggest gaps. And it's... It's just such a (laughs) stupid, it's just such a stupid argument.
1: Well, we tried to prove that for so long (laughs) and destroyed ourselves. And I think now we're realizing that nobody fucking cares. Hey,
0: Todd, if half you would have landed the gap, historically things would have been different. (laughs)
1: Like, you know, do you realize how many huge, huge, insane tricks have been done on rollerblades and nobody fucking cares.
0: That's why that video title was so good. Yeah. No and it's nobody does care. No. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, nobody cares. Uh no. <laughs> nobody does care. People cared uh, about the Richie edit for a day or two. Yeah. And then we all moved on to a new video sensation. Yeah. I think... Do like do people care about anything? No. no. No, no, no. There's that. I love that. Uh, that are. Oh, Hugh something or other. Hugh McLeod, I think he's he does really cool like uh, just really fucking simple doodles that are super honest. And there's this one of a sign, like, you know, when you come into a town and there's a sign on the road, it says, uh, welcome to nobody cares population 6 billion.
2: <laughs>
0: and he's really good at highlighting, you know, if you're, if you like, if you want to do creative work and, uh, you know, write a book or make an album, he's really good at highlighting, like nobody fucking cares. Like, don't even spend time telling people about it. Just do the work and have a day job and just make shit and don't expect anything from it. He's really good at highlighting that, which I think still it seems like a lot of people don't get that. There's a lot of people who think that they deserve something for their work. The skating that they... Like, do you realize how shitty some of our videos would be if we were if we were making them for the sake of um of like um how do you even say this for the sake of like getting i don't even know how to explain it but you know how you see those skiing and snowboarding videos and they're like <laughs> this is our life this is what we do <laughs> even though like 90% of the time I'm a very normal person. Like the, you know, when they do like the skier, or the snowboarder, they have like the bandana on their face and they'd like lift up their ski or snowboard and that, and it's like to a hip hop song. And there's like the slow motion of them walking up the stairs. They're trying to pretend that they don't go to family dinners <laughs> and are really fucking awkward. And that if they talked, about taking skiing or snowboarding really seriously in like a hip hop voice to a family dinner that a large percentage of the people at the dinner, like the awkwardness, I don't know. I don't even know the tangent that I'm going on, but that we're all just a bunch of dorks. Right. Uh, that, yeah, like if we made videos that tried to make us look really cool, and make to, to make skating look really cool well just be pretty dishonest but and but nobody cares and a lot of things get made with people thinking that people do care well yeah some people might care for a little bit uh, for a little Especially lately, if they do care, they're not going to care for very long.
1: No, in the in the '90s, if you made a video that was pretty good, people would care f- for like five or six years. Yeah, care. Yeah, and now if you make something that's really good, people. If you make something that's really good, people might care for a week, if it's really good.
0: And. You can maybe return to it after that, but there's so much other shit coming out to care about for a day or a yeah. week. Okay, like, what's the last thing uh, not skating-related, re- like, not Casey Mobile? What's the last thing that you've, like, watched a few times that's been made more recently? Um, I've been hooked on those Dana White vlogs. Those uh, the one that you posted was awesome. So good. Um and it's close to what I was saying like I'm really into just raw stuff. The yeah. editing the editing what, the, way to go. the way that that was cut together it wasn't trying to do anything. It was no. you were experiencing it very objectively. There was yeah. no music or anything telling you like pulling your strings. Um there was no flashy cutting. It was just things that someone thought was interesting just kind yeah. of cut together. Yeah. Um and it's that's do you think that's that's got to be like That's where we're going. towards that. Yeah. That's where we're going. That's why podcasts are so good. Yeah. Um and I skate videos would really benefit from that. You need to be uh Yeah. Oh. That's weird, though, too, because when we talk about, you know, standards in aggressive skating, that there's a very standard style and a standard set of tricks. Yeah, editing right now, that, that's happening, too. Oh, yeah. And, and like, even, like,
1: there's a standard way of even acting in front of a camera.
0: Yeah. And that, it, it never it, used to be like that, because video cameras were new in the 90s. Exactly. And the 80s. So, people, like, you got so much more, uh, I could always go back to the word sincerity, but, like, the on-camera stuff in Hoax Two is so sincere and so likable. Yeah. Compared to watching people on a tour now, yeah. and I think people can't get over the music video style just yet. But the most interesting stuff is raw, right now.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so true. Even um, man, Sean Dunn, holy fuck. The guy who did American Juggalo. Yeah. That was that, really good. That's incredible. And I watched his uh, newer film, uh, Oxiana, on the Oxycontin epidemic. And I think okay. there's, he only used two or three songs really, really, really tastefully. And a lot of that movie was just the way he cut. American Juggalo was the same. It was kind of like that Dana White thing, yeah, it was like you were experiencing the event and the way that the people were portrayed where you could kind of see yourself in the people on the screen, and it wasn't cut in a way to make the people seem like anything it yeah it let it play out really slowly and it and it hit so many different angles that by the end you you didn't make any assumptions about. Juggalos or the event, you kind of like experience this thing, and then you it makes you want to go back to it, just like that that vlog. It was so refreshing to see that UFC stuff not with the shiny show part exactly.
1: of it. Exactly, that's why it's so powerful to see them. All the shots where it 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 shows. Like the fighter, like it shows like the TV camera, you know, and they're like, okay, three, two, and but if they're in like the bowels of the arena. They're in like the shitty like gray um change room stuff before they actually walk into the arena, and they're all like waiting there. Yeah, you get so much, like seeing it like that. It's just like whoa, like this guy's he's just a guy, and he's in a like cement room and he's about to walk out and fight a guy in front of just this packed stadium.
0: Yeah. And you really, you really see it for exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's they, just enthralling. They did a really good job in that Mark Marin special. They did that when they, yeah. when they followed, I think we talked about, it, about how they, the camera was in the room with him and then followed him out. They just, there was a shot of him talking to his friend And then he went on stage and the camera followed him the whole way. Yeah. Uh, And it followed him off the stage too. And there's one other one I'm thinking of like that. Oh, the wrestler was pretty good with that vibe. Yeah, the wrestler had that vibe. Even though it was an actor, it still just kind of had that feeling. And um, skating's not mature enough yet. And nobody who makes videos is mature enough yet to make a skate video in that style. It would take a really really...
1: is there anything that it's been like
0: close to that? No, it's always so sensational.
1: Shit, yeah, that's yeah, that's sensationalized. Everything is fucking sensationalized.
0: Yeah, um, even to...
1: even when people try to do raw
0: stuff in skating, oh, and... it doesn't. It just doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. I'm trying to think. The words B-roll is pretty interesting. Like, there's some moments. It is. Uh, and the USD it, tour video B roll is kind of interesting.
1: But like it's still like there's that voice. Yeah, the voice. That yeah. particular way of acting where it's the standard like I, the I, standard I, skate video person.
0: I know that um that we haven't fully used digital, like for podcasting obviously, we're taking full advantage and of just recording a long conversation and you may hit on two or three moments where you just click on a topic or something that you say is really good and i know david lynch when digital cameras first came out he said he loved that you could roll uh tape for a really long period of time and i think the 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 secret of not the secret but making a skate video in that style, you would just record really long takes of things and then just take the most interesting piece and then do that a bunch of times. And I think that's how you could probably get something uh, interesting because you have to wait. We're all guilty of when the camera first goes on. I mean, there's a, there's a, and podcasting, there's 45 minutes to an hour where you're stuck between the two worlds, right? Before you get through the magic door and forget that the camera's there, or or that we forget that we're on a podcast being recorded, um, right? But that, yeah, that's I, more as the experience
1: of doing it.
0: Yeah, and uh, so Dana White films those things.
1: I think or? he's got someone that films
0: them. It, but quickly, I need to. I I
1: just thought of the answer to my question. Oh, okay, yeah. When I asked what was the closest thing to to those Dana White. Um the or that raw kind of, and it was such a good thing that came out in rollblaing, and it was that uh it was the bitter cold when they had like the live feed from bitter cold, and you got to see like all the people warming up on the course, oh yeah, that was incredible, and that was probably the most entertaining roll waiting shit i've I've seen you know such a long time, just watching. All the pros, like, just skating around the course, missing tricks, landing, simple tricks. It was so interesting to watch, like, certain people, like, show up.
0: Yeah. Like, we need more of that. Well, and that was the same reason why those Chris Haffey blade edits were so popular, too, because you got to see people mixing yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, and, we are I mean, everybody's afraid to to be unedited and to have mistakes and flaws out there but i think the internet's so great for sharing that stuff
2: yeah
0: i love that i love that vine has kind of taken that idea of doing something stupid for the camera and kind of sectioned it off now if that cool. makes any sense how i said that like you know we would do silly things for the camera in the old yeah. videos it that's it was pretty much just vine but the vines were just in the video and yeah. now you can just do Perfect. something ridiculous and just do the idea and not think about it anymore. It's not like. I
1: love that it's so short. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It takes that and it's like, okay, you do
0: a vine out of it. Yeah. And then, I mean, for myself, I would always get mixed up thinking like, I loved filming dumb things. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And they made their way into the video, but now it's nice that there's just an outlet for that. Yeah. Instead of like writing it down and then you're out and it's like, oh, I d- I want to do this silly thing, but it might have nothing to do with the skating or right. what you're trying to do when you're out skating. And now I'm much more into if silly things happen, they should just happen while you're skating, if that makes any sense. Right. right. Like no, I don't know it's fun once in a while to film specifically dumb things, but I think they just naturally happen. And that's totally. the better version instead of trying to make anything happen. Totally. Uh, that Zen filmmaking thing is so awesome. I ordered that guy's book, that crazy motherfucker. Who said what he'd... is Zen filmmaking? I, I posted, I posted it. A... If you just look up Zen filmmaking, he's like, Got these six tenets. Uh There's a really famous bad rollerblading B-movie called The Rollerblade 7. Um, yeah. Where it's like martial arts and rollerblades and stuff. Um, and apparently he calls that a Zen film. That was one of the first ones that he made. And he has no script. Um, the actors don't have lines. Uh, there's no plan. They just film a bunch of stuff. And and then he just puts it together. It's like he's pretty much doing like skate videos or wacky mode or something, but in movie form. And I found I thought it was really interesting, and it was encouraging too. Uh, he has some really interesting. He, he seems batshit crazy in <laughs> in a good way, because um, a lot of his movies aren't necessarily good. But he's very adamant about like, as soon as you have a script. And you have lines that you're trying to get the actors to say. It's you're you're cutting off so many possibilities of it going in so many awesome directions. So oh, cool. I I totally connected with that, and I know that if I ever do make anything that's close to a movie, it for sure it wouldn't have a script. It would more be about like you go to locations that are interesting, or yeah, I don't know. I love it. I love
1: the I love the formula of movie making that's more like I'm still here where it's like there's a cert, there you're something's happening but you're you're just like living it and you f- and you film it.
0: Yeah, and uh, Harmony Korine is really good at that. Yeah. Uh Spring Breakers had that. Uh Gummo has that. Kids had it takes a really 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 smart person though because it can be so bad possibly it takes like a whoever's in front of the camera has to not think too much just has to
1: commit to it yeah
0: yeah Yeah. and that's oh man i i was way more shocked I don't know. I I didn't think that like the Philip Seymour Hoffman thing would hit me hard, but I like I felt that like shock yeah, in my stomach could. when I heard it. He was like someone who I thought I would get to watch him in at least, you know, 10 or 20 more amazing movies in yeah. like into my old age, you know, someone that cuz he never put out bullshit.
1: Yeah, it's upsetting that he was just so good and you'll never get to see a
0: another new performance of him. But we're lucky the movies that he did make. Um totally. And I think about like with Heath Ledger and and him, Chris Farley, people who are so talented, they just they're on the edge all the time. Yeah. And I guess it's hard to it's hard to be really normal and sober. And bring it like I mean Philip Seymour Hoffman in The Master I can't imagine being a sober clean living person and to be able to do that role in that yeah. movie I mean it's, po- it's probably possible but a lot of the good shit in the 60s and 70s people were on the edge yeah people always talk about like even Quentin Tarantino they question his sanity sometimes when he's on set you have to be a crazy person kind of yeah like
1: well, it, it's it's almost painful to be to go that deep and then you know just to like go to bed and wake up <laughs> like, such oh, a
0: good point <laughs> such it's, a good point it's it takes a toll to go deep yeah it does
1: and then the the with the, the the period after the thing is done that you got so into and then it's just like bullshit like interviews and like reviews that you read that might be negative and just snaps you back into reality. Like Jesus, that all that shit would take such a toll on, on your health.
0: (laughs) That, yeah, that life, it would be so bizarre because you get to see crazy shit that people give to the cameras and then they just have to have a normal life outside of it yeah Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, you posted or you said it once um, asking more or it was you were highlighting podcasting and you were saying like you wanted people to come on you know, like an Alex Broska or Chris Farmer, and talk about, like, go way deeper than the traditional interview questions. I right. think it's so funny that there's all these interesting people that could talk about a wide variety of interesting stuff that's maybe related to rollerblading, or and we're still, we have all this technology where we can find out these people's stories, and it's still top five and really simple interview questions yeah that's that sucks
1: Uh, yeah it's I guess it's just it's tough for people to do we have rollbladers are not comedians we're not people who are used to talking and used to talking our minds we're not writers we're not like we don't we don't express ourselves with words or like we don't, we skate, you know? And like, it's almost the, the, the way that skating is and the way that it was for us, it's it's like, it's like skating is an escape from socializing in certain ways. Like you can be antisocial, but still go and hang out with your friends and not be forced to like, get over your anti-socialness. Like, you can go hang out with your friends and not really talk to them. And that's, like, a good thing, but it's also, it can breed really, like, it, it can breed just awkward motherfuckers.
0: Yeah, and we're sitting on, like, a gold mine of so many cool stories and so much inspiration. It's too bad that, and it doesn't have to be us, it could be them just I don't know, talking to their friends and putting it out. I'm so surprised there aren't more podcasts. Yeah,
1: I am, but I'm not. Like I'm surprised because it it is the most like from a brand perspective, from a company perspective. It's the mo- it's the best way to get to know people. And don't like company is a big thing is they want people to know their their writers right because then it makes them more marketable right (laughs) so then why wouldn't you like a like a podcast seems like the best way to do that but then again i'm not surprised because these are they're skaters they're not performers they're not talkers like they are performers they're they're physical performers but they're not they don't give speeches They don't do public speaking.
0: They should. Everybody should. Yeah, they should.
1: But, like, they don't. Most of them don't. Like, as a culture, we're just not that person. As a collective, we're not those people. But, like, but at the same time, you think of hanging out with a bunch of bladers and the conversations and shit that go down it's like there's so many charismatic dudes. Yep. So Yeah, what the fuck am I saying? Like
0: I love hearing how people got into skating. You could yeah. seriously simply start every podcast with that question and I you bet could. it would just go for the whole time. You wouldn't yeah. need any more material. There would be so many things that you could talk about just based off of that one question. Totally. For sure. That, like, I want to hear everybody's story about how they got into skating. Yeah. Because nobody even, like, who in their real life outside of skating would ever fucking ask them, how did you get into skating? And who would be able to ask a bunch of questions based off of, like, the kind of what their first pair of skates were? Yeah. Or, you know... And oh I just God. wish that I, skates. I wish that we could do more of that. Yeah. Like, how interesting is your story of how you got into skating, and how interesting is mine? There, it's all so awesome. Yeah. It's frustrating. I just wish. Uh, I just wish more people did the podcast. But we're a um, podcast. B- broken record. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> Us talking about the same shit that we usually talk about.
1: Yeah.
0: We're running out of things. We'll never think, run out of things. Do you
1: think there'll be a movement in skate media where it goes towards more raw, realistic kind of uh, content, like videos? No. Because, I mean, come on. people People are getting cynical and sick and tired of like edits aren't they
0: uh i would like
1: Back to, to a think a, so but taking no. a song yeah and I know. putting some tricks to a song
0: people have to be realizing that it doesn't have the impact that it used to i mean i want to say the same about the bob dylan commercial but i'm pro- not, probably wrong yeah, maybe. There's probably a large percentage of people who love that commercial, and there's a large percentage of people who love songs with tricks edited together. And never that great, by the way. I can't remember the last time I saw a song put to tricks where I was wow this is so groundbreaking and new it's always just presented oh look it's always yo you got some clips put it into a song nothing too crazy check it out
1: <laughs> it can be really fun to watch skating to like the right My music, music yeah but i mean
0: the I watch a lot of edits on mute it's you can't you can't just put your favorite song in yeah. yeah it's gotta work it's and there's a lot of people who got it, and there's a lot of people who don't that's true like uh Josh Petty in VG7 just imagine if that just had a bad song choice behind it yeah or or Pat Lennon in uh, the 4x4 video uh, in Leading the Blind imagine that section in the hands of an editor who wanted to make it like uh like really serious. Like <laughs> like nine inch nails or something like that. It, it's funny. I mean it's good that everybody has the tools to make stuff, but it's a lot of shit. Yeah. I love it though. I, I think especially what I do as my job is dying big time. I don't think it's going to be about being good at making videos. I think it's going to be something different. It's like, it's so easy to make stuff that looks pretty good. And it's not that hard to figure out if you get an emotional song and you just cut things in the right places. I think there's going to be lots of people who know how to do that, but that Dana White thing that we're talking about, I think that's kinda of the future of it's like what people capture is gonna be important, less so than the song that they put to it or how it looks. But it could just be me. Life
1: life happens.
0: Life happens?
1: Life happens, and um, it's hard to let life happen.
0: To let it happen?
1: Yeah, and to like capture it and let it be what it is.
0: Yeah, that's the other reason why that Dana White thing was good, is he had uh, really good material to capture that was just happening around him. Exactly. And uh, skating doesn't have that.
1: We're trying to go out and create it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think why I don't like the word clip still, I just don't like that idea of that instead of going out and skating and filming it as an adventure of things that could happen, it's so weird. Like, we got five clips today. Yeah, that's a disease that uh it actually takes out all the interesting parts right mostly yeah the all the best pieces of footage and highlights it from like skate videos when you grew up it was always it was never someone going out to get a clip it was something that was happening and someone pressed record
1: well like in in, yeah, in the Hoax 2 era, would you ever, ever hear someone say, yeah, it was a good day, got three clips?
0: No, they would probably say I'll something say like, oh, we got a lot of really good stuff today. Yeah. Something like that, you know? I don't think they were counting how many clips they got. It was like a, it's an it was an energy too. Like there's a lot of those old videos, it was like sessions that were happening and an energy to them, and someone was capturing that instead of, yep. oh yeah, let's go out and film some clips today. I highly doubt that that's what... Yeah, a lot of that. There's a lot of stuff where it seemed like the sessions would have happened anyway, whether yep. there was a camera or not. And there are sessions that happen because there's a camera today, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but...
1: It's funny, cameras and and life, like trying to make something, but trying to not make, n- trying to not uh, make it feel like you're making something.
0: Yeah, that's what so I would say. A, like the first forty five minutes to an hour, sometimes it's just you're just filming shit. Sometimes, or you think it's shit. That too, yeah definitely that oh there's times though like even for work where you're you're at like an event or something and you're filming for four hours and you you're just not connected and you're not in flow and you're you you filmed thousands of times before but you're just not doing a good job and then it's like you go back to edit the stuff and then it's like the last five or 10 minutes that you were there filming, you just got all of your best shots because you spent yeah. three hours and 50 minutes getting, you just weren't doing a good job. And then that happens, like they say, like for painting and that's for everything. You have to like actually sit with it for a while and just go through the motions until something interesting happens. Right. Yeah. So that's a big one, too. And you can feel that a lot in edits where it's like, uh, you can tell when someone's like full-on killing it and the camera's on. And you can tell when it's like, oh, we should film something here. Yeah, we should get something just for the sake of getting something, which is fine. But that's, that's when it's, I guess, the editor's job to ask themselves, is this authentic? Right.
1: But like often, yeah. But oftentimes, you it's impossible to judge things when they're happening.
0: Yeah, filming and editing are are so unrelated; it's ridiculous.
1: Well, that's why it's bad. Like some of the cameras that people use, where it it um, where it saves s- saves it as clips. Like you know, it's not like one tape. Yeah. Where it'll save it like and you can see it like this, it's like clips, it's like one, two, three, four, five chunks,
0: and people will actually delete them while they're out skating. That's when people started calling it clips too, is when digital happened, because if you filmed a tape of footage, you wouldn't say clips, you would say like capturing footage or capturing tapes. Yeah. So that was a change in technology that I think was for for the worse. But, But like I said, people will get better at even though it's digital they'll get better at using it cuz i love that idea of uh you're not you don't have to buy tapes so if you're on a road trip and you have like a microphone or something you can you can record you know 2 hours of conversation um and you don't have to buy tape or anything and you can use like 20 interesting seconds or 10 in- interesting seconds between two sections or something like that. I love that idea. I, I would love yeah. people start to do that more. You know, there's like edits that you see where you can tell someone films a lot. And I think that's still really important. Totally. Like if you filmed just a lot of shit that you yeah. think is interesting and then you don't necessarily think of it as getting like good footage of skating. You just stuff that you think is interesting and then you make a five minute edit from like six months of filming stuff, it would be super interesting.
1: Yeah. Sean C's videos have that feeling. Yeah. Where, and that's one of the awesome things about skating is that
0: you're, you have a
1: camera and you're just out.
0: Yeah. You're out on a little adventure.
1: Out in places that people don't normally go.
0: Yeah. I think that's like out in the streets. Skate videos hooked me so bad for that. Yeah. Just the locations, like the places that we've seen, all around the United States growing up watching skate videos. Yeah. Like That's random
1: crazy. people in weird places. Yeah.
0: I think Casey Moe, uh, was like one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. Like the feel of the video. Um, and imagine Bladeshawn had it too, is it, it makes, and I think you tweeted it or something like this, like a dirty playground. Yeah. You're like just these shitty areas that you would no person would ever hang out in. It Uh, makes it. It gets you excited to go hang out in those places. Yeah, I. You know, there is something to be said about even when you don't have your skates on. That sense of exploration and sitting in a weird spot, like at night, sitting on yeah, in a shitty place. Love that. Yeah. Love that, and if like, if it's a movie, it's just not the same. That's where I think when I say gummo captures a little bit of that. That was like one of those movies where it felt like a skate video with no skating. Totally. The way that it was put together. Yeah. Took It takes you to places where you wouldn't normally go. And, and old school videos are better for it because it, they highlighted a lot of the people around the areas. And I, I still think that's missing. And me personally, I'm still bad at that because it's so hard to, uh, putting a camera in someone's face wasn't wasn't offensive at all it was like a novelty thing in the 90s and and now you don't get as good of reactions from people you know no. but i would love to see more of that people are afraid now Oh yeah we all are Yeah we're all very afraid <laughs> I have to pee Yeah um, as do i I think should this be it Yeah, that can be it. Yeah, it was a good tone. Yeah. Um, It's an interesting one. I get to skate tomorrow. Nice. You're going to Vancouver? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I'm hoping I get to skate. It's supposed to be nice. Yeah, going to Vancouver. Um, And that's, yeah, I'm going to use my inline skates. Hoping to do the seawall. And... I'll talk to you. Well, you'll probably get some nerdy texts in that massive text stream, as usual. I'm sure I will. Yeah. So I'll talk to you through that. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Later.
1: Out.